like honey. Did you know like that honey. the um the the the, the name of the, the tagline for B movie is honey just got funny. God, uh, why are you uh, trying to make us angry right before we do uh, it? Uh, <laughs> you that gotta leave sucks that in. Balls, dude. It's terrible. You guys know that? <laughs> yeah. Hey, everybody, we're here at a frame rate. Wow, it's wow. so great. I'm one of your uh, hosts. My name is Abe Epperson, and I'm joined here with my co-host. Introduce yourself. Wow, Michael Swaim. I love that sound, dude. That's our new sound. Wow. wow. We're the wow guys, I guess now. Um, we're joined for an animal-themed frame rate. Doesn't really have a reason why we did this, other than we just love our friend. I'm I'm the friend. I am Katie Golden. I host Creature Feature, a podcast about animals. And yeah, Abe and Michael are my friends. If we, we were good hosts, we would have said friends. that. Yeah, Creature Feature Pod, <laughs> check it out. It rules. And it ties into our topic for the day because our topic is usually, I mean, honestly, Katie, we usually go with really top tier movies about humans like Whiplash, Nightcrawler, stuff like that. Um, but right. we decided to do a very different kind of movie in honor of your appearance. Um, why don't you tell the folks what we're covering today? B-movie. Yes. B-movie. As I said when when we found out what we were doing, fine, B-movie. I guess I'll watch you. (laughs) And I did. uh, Yeah, I watched it for the first time. Other than, like, obviously the YouTube ones where it's like B-movie, but every time they say Bs, it gets sped up, like, by twice or something. Mm -hmm. And that's honestly the best way to watch it because when you watch it in regular speed it's not a fun experience (laughs) at regular normal viewing (laughs) speed but it really is a meme movie because it's so bad i think yeah do you think that's why it hooked in because that's the thing abe taught me i actually i don't know some memes find me and some memes completely miss me i didn't realize b movie was so memed but it definitely Mm. is Mm mm-hmm Y'all like jazz? Yeah, the opening crawl is probably the most famous of the memes. Yeah, I think because it immediately establishes how stupid this movie is, right? The opening crawl, for those of you who are blessedly uninitiated, is, quote, According to all known laws of aviation, there is no way a bee should be able to fly. Its wings are too small to get its fat little body off the ground. The bee, of course, flies anyway, because bees don't care what humans think is impossible. Now, oh, yeah. Which is also a, just a, structurally, that is not the moral that the movie ends on either. No. They like mm-hmm. lose that thread. But anyway, go on. <laughs> they lose that thread and the thread is fucking nothing. Um, sure. Oh, can I can I curse in the show? Is that a Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Curse well, up okay. a storm, you sailor. Especially, I mean, how dare it's a movie about a bee trying to fuck a human. So Well, it is. If yeah. they're going to present and, that to children, we can say fuck. You know? We can and should. And I actually have a, a point about that that I do want to get to eventually. But in terms of this opening crawl, I've ne- I've never heard of this even being an old wives tale. You know, like there are a lot of misconceptions about animals, but this isn't anything, right? It's nothing. I think it's just invented for right. that like animation-esque like 
oh, the moral of the story is you can do whatever you want to do, which is almost like all animated movies. Yes, but in order to movies. do that, they made something up about bees that I have also, never and maybe we're all ignorant, but I have never encountered anyone saying that about bees. I don't think no. that's a mm-hmm. thing. No, it's not I don't a, think it's thing. a thing. It's not a thing. It's not an old wives' tale. It's not a misconception. It's a complete made up, like, oh, we all, like, everyone knows bees shouldn't be able to fly. It's like, why are you? No. I mean, first of all, it says, to all known laws of aviation, which mm-hmm. laws what of are... aviation is a legal term, not physics. Sure. Right. It's not like laws of aviation are like you can't fly a drone within five miles of an airport. That's Can like, I just say, I thought yeah. Katie was going to bring a lot of information about what bees are actually like. I love that you're dialing in on the word choice, like the diction. <laughs> Well, you're right. The the laws of aviation are completely unrelated to no, etymology, entomology, right. entomology, entomology, they and should, etymology. They want to say laws of physics based off of the intention yeah. that I'm, I, I'm yeah, perceiving. La- or laws of aerodynamics, like that yeah. would work. Maybe that that's what they meant. Work. There still isn't. I mean, I guess there could be laws. Someone made a law of aerodynamics, but right. It's For physics Newley's is what principle. they mean to say. It's too heavy. They can't create lift. No, it's not. Yeah, it's not. But it's nothing. But it isn't anything. And obviously, there's nothing about bees, you know, intrinsically or otherwise that would mean they couldn't fly. It. They're very lightweight. Their wings are big enough. It doesn't make any like it just doesn't. I don't know where they got this. It made me so like, angry. If you Google uh, how do bees fly? The top thing is an article that says bumblebee flight does not violate the laws of physics. Right, <laughs> it because, just explains that it's bullshit. Because the internet is like a compendium of what is reaction to things that are popular or most known, not true. Right. right. Yeah. So I they're think, reacting to B movie. They're not reacting right. to any one saying out of nowhere or as a, you know, old wives tale or whatnot, you know, like, do you know that bees can't fly actually? Right. I've heard it's dogs magic. can't look up and I've heard a duck's <laughs> quack doesn't echo, but never bees can't fly. Right. And of course, both of those things aren't true. Right. right. It, right. But if an animated movie is like, like ducks quacks can't echo, it's like, okay, so you're basing it on an old wives tale, a mm-hmm. dumb one, but mm-hmm. you know, an old wives tale nonetheless. And or like dogs can't look up, and then you have a movie about a dog who looks up, finally looks up and saves the village. Yeah, saves everyone from a meteor or something. (laughs) My God, I would at least it's already established old wives' tale, right? But this is just like, hey, you guys know the old wives' tale where bees can't fly? It's Mm -hmm. like, no, that's nothing. It's not anything. You can't just make up your own your own old wives' tale for your movie about bad, dumb bees. Yeah, it's interesting because I think normally, so like we also watch, just in preparation for this, Ants and a Bug's Life, or at least I yeah. did. I also watched Zootopia, mm-hmm. but I don't think it'll come up because there were no bugs in it. I've, but, I've, seen, I've seen Zootopia too. Yeah, sure. So. It, it's just interesting that Bug's Life and Ants both play on the thing you expect them to play on, which is 
ants are a hive mind. So it's a story about finding your individuality. You know, the thing a human would want to do if they were an ant. And bees, that's true too. Hive mind almost literally, like is most closely associated with bees, right? Beehive is the most common hive. And yet that is not the arc they chose to go with. They chose to go with Jerry Seinfeld as a bee is in love with a human woman and that is what we need to accept. Like that's the that's thing the that result. breaks. Actually, that's the result of the plot. The plot is actually about bees finding out that people, humans for centuries have been stealing their honey and using it. I guess that's but true. It's actually, God, the it's middle, do you remember that the middle act of this movie is a trial? Like why is 25 yeah. minutes of this movie a trial? Here's the sad part is you're both right. Those are both the plots of the movie in addition to the plot being B. Jerry Seinfeld doesn't want one job for the rest of his life and is sad about it, which right. never gets a resolution at the end. Mm-hmm. Like, like it starts out with him, like his whole sort of like um, motivation is that, oh, I have to pick a job and be with it the rest of my life. And he's sad about it, which, okay, reasonable, right? Like that mm-hmm. would suck if you have to pick one job. Um, also, is that then, how bees function? Is that part accurate? No, no, actually. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so here's here's a bee fact. I'll just pepper in bee, real bee facts. Real Please, bee facts. that's what so, I was hoping for. Yeah. In the movie, yeah. it's like you, you got to pick your job, and you're you're stuck with it the rest of your life until you die. Bees do a bunch of different things in a hive. So, beehives are eusocial, meaning it's got this kind of social structure in which different bees have different tasks. The only thing that the bees are like born with and that you can't change is, you know, whether they are queen bees, the the mating bees or mm. worker bees. So there are some queen bees and then the worker bees. There's typically just like one like main queen bee in the hive and then the other queen bees will go off and disperse. The worker mm. bees have all sorts of jobs that they do like nursing cell cleaning going outside and gathering nectar and pollen um but they do every job throughout their whole lifetime so they the job that they do depends on their age so like when they're really young they basically do some cell cleaning and uh they'll do like nursing also when they're younger but when they're older then they will go outside of the hive and and collect things so it just base it's based on their maturity which Mm -hmm. makes sense because like you know when you're younger you're you know probably not as strong as when you get older and then uh so yeah it's it's uh basically the opposite of the whole motivating plot in a b movie which is like oh you're stuck with one job your whole life in real bee colonies it's actually quite interesting they they do jobs do all the jobs uh also they're all female so, uh, yeah, I was going to ask about the gender ratio because in this, this movie, it's I mean, it's hu- it's human, right? It's nuclear family. Like you pointed out in your notes, so he bad. has a mother and father, which doesn't I'm, even make sense, according to their own no. logic, because they also have a queen. So why right. would he have a mother they and kinda, father? <laughs> they kind of jokingly point to that in the in the trial scene in the where trial, yeah. again this movie's plot I don't maybe we should just like lay out the basic plot so Please. people can follow it. B. Jerry Seinfeld is upset that he only gets to do one job his whole life. So instead of picking a job, he goes and flies with the 
pollen jocks, which are all male bees who go and collect pollen, which is, again, they would all be female because all the worker bees in a colony are female and their sisters. Uh, anyway, so he goes out, he sees a woman he really wants to fuck, and then he's like, oh man, I really want to fuck woman. this lady. Human this woman. human woman. Yeah. Because she saves his life, and then he's like, b -b -b bee boner. And then, <laughs> and then he finds out, oh no, humans are eating honey. And then he finds out it's because of honey farms where bees are kept and like smoked out. And he's like, oh, that's terrible. Uh, and then he like, I'm gonna sue the humans. And then he sues the humans and wins this like dumb court trial. And what then a like turn. the, hum the humans the, can't. I'm sorry, just that the turn is, I'm gonna sue them. That right. was the mm -hmm. moment where I was like, what is this movie? This is right. insanity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He and I love that humans. humans go with it, too. They're like, yeah, like, there's a legal structure John Goodman. for that, apparently. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. John Goodman uh, basically uh, does a character assassination on bees right. in order right. to w try to win. <laughs> to say, like, all bees just want to do is sting. <laughs> you know, and it's like <laughs> people are like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Bees are bad. There it's were a so lot of like stupid. weird. There are also like a lot of weird sort of. I hate it when these animal movies are like, here's a sort of like coy reference to racism, but it's always super awkward because it's like, oh, mosquitoes are discriminated against. It's like, yeah, because mosquitoes, you know, are actually a parasite, are a pest. And then to like make it like, oh, like this is like discrimination. It's like, that's not, don't. That's not how that works, right? Like that they're it's the zootopia problem of like, you know, being bigoted against other species rather than being bigoted against like the same species. Does but that make individuals. sense? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah because that's it's kind like, of a typical yeah, fairy tale thing. It is a thing though. It, for example, I'm rewatching Star Trek the Next Generation right now, which I always am at any given point. And right. uh the Klingons, like I would argue the Klingons existence is super problematic it dates back to the original series but it's like always played by black actors and data will be like to picard well you know klingons are genetically predisposed to violence uh, and you're like oh god it's you're you're using it as a metaphor for racism right but you're treating it as if the other race is a different species which is the whole point of racism is that's not true right we're yeah. all like the same even, species <laughs> i like how they don't even bother to have a moral point with the space jews the ferengi which mm. uh, oh my god the ferengi are so problematic so, so as as uh, and that oh, tied that falls into b movie b movie is yeah i was oh, shocked god. i guess i shouldn't have been so shocked because it's jerry seinfeld Incidentally, yeah. by the way, B-movie Jerry Seinfeld is named Barry Sein Beinfeld, I guess. Barry, <laughs> Barry, Barry B. Benson. Barry B. Benson. But uh, it's super Semitic, isn't it? The movie makes so yeah. many Jewish jokes, it gets so, uncomfortable. Yeah, as a as a woman of Jewish descent, uh, <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's uncomfortable. It's like really forcing in these, like... Uh, there's this joke where where he, the, Barry B. Benson's parents find out he's dating someone. They don't realize it's a bee wanting to fuck a right. human. And and his bee mom, again, what the fuck? His bee mom is like, oh, I hope I hope she's bee-ish. Like, mm -hmm. that's like, you know, the joke because like, I hope she's Jewish, mm -hmm. which is, you know, 
okay <laughs> they're having Funny. fun we're having fun Seinfeld's here. having fun again yeah i mean which you know it's it's one of these things where like also for me like i i'm like half jewish so my dad's jewish my mom is not jewish and so this kind of like there's a lot of like weird stuff that about like uh jewish dating and like anyways it's super it's, it gets into a very complicated thing and it's kind of uncomfortable and it's just weird to have a bee a movie and, and these bees being saying that it's just weird i don't like yeah it. i thought it was odd <laughs> yeah it is yeah. It, you think it's, it's odd because for it is. an adult audience it's not that right. racy of a joke but for a kid's movie you're like that was odd <laughs> yeah it's weird so anyways after the court trial the the bees win and then it's like okay humans can't have your honey you get your honey back and then so all the bees stop working because in this metaphor where bees are basically enslaved by humans who take their labor with no compensation, mm -hmm. it's bad when they get the means right. of production back because then they stop working and they turn into lazy pieces Which makes of no sense. Right. It doesn't make they any sense. They were doing it before, not even knowing that there was a problem. Like they were... They were just being bees. <laughs> right. I mean, the idea is, like, okay, so honey is a thinly, stupidly veiled metaphor for money. Did you you get it? Honey, oh. money, get it? See, get I it? thought honey just got funny, but it's actually honey is money. God. That, we got it. So basically I'm not, when- I'm sorry. When, I know I don't mean to interrupt, but I don't no, get it. it. Oh, no. Oh, okay, Michael. I get it. No, move on. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to put the up B as movie many is, stops as possible. The metaphors are too veiled. I just, I just wanted to make you explain to me for three to five minutes. No, the honey yeah. is Listen, the money. The, the bones the are the money. The honey is the money. <laughs> What's up with that? Uh, yeah, no, it's stupid. But so this idea is that like these laborers, right? So the human, the, the, God, I can't begin to explain how stupid the morals are in this movie because here he, you have one decent moral point right humans so if bees are sentient right mm -hmm. humans are exploiting their labor without compensating them in, in bee slavery where they're literally kept in like bee work camps and smoked another thing that i love that. don't they Maybe make the don't. beekeepers. I would love in life to find any beekeeper who is like evilly gleeful about I'm fucking mm -hmm. these bees over, man. I take no. all their honey. I control yes. them. I get off on yes. it, dude. All the beekeepers in this movie are like uh, Cruella DeVille, but a beekeeper. Right. They're like, yeah, we bend the bees to our will. <laughs> we must so torment funny. the bees. Yeah. In fact, in fact, probably it's quite the opposite where people who keep apiaries, which is where you, you keep bees, like, are obsessively, obsessively Pro concerned bee. about yeah. every bee's <laughs> health. You like an someone who keeps an apiary, like they see one dead bee and they go on full blown panic mode because like you don't you don't want your bees to die. It's actually incredibly difficult to keep bees and to make sure their colony is healthy. And so like they're very very concerned about keeping all the bees healthy. Uh, and also, it, I mean, so I'll get back to some of the like actual B facts, but just to cap off the s s 
stupid summary of this movie. Mm-hmm. It's like the the moral point they're making is like keeping sentient uh, beings, fully cognizant human level intelligence beings in prison and stealing their honey is bad. No, that's a good point. Then they backtrack on it where it's like, oh, but once they win the court case, you you dumbasses who didn't want to be slaves anymore, turns out when you get to keep all your honey, you just stop working and you kill the planet by st- not pollinating flowers anymore. It's Everyone this, in their place. Yeah. It's the dumbest, like capitalist propaganda thing I've ever seen where it's like, oh, well, if you get to keep your labor, you'll just stop working. As if that makes any sense at all. Like in real life, when you take honey away from bees, like the whole point. Okay, first of all, (laughs) I'm sorry. In In the logic of the movie, the problem with the humans taking the honey was that the bees worked until they died. They like worked and worked and worked until they died. So mm-hmm. they were overworked. And so when they get the honey back, it's like then they stop working. But if you were overworked, you wouldn't have to stop working. You would just not have to be overworked, which is the case like for bee- like actual real life bees need all the honey they make. And so when you collect honey from a beehive, if you have an apiary, you actually have to replace some of it with sugar or some kind of like bee food uh, made out of like a sort of sugar mixture uh, because the bees need it for nutrition. So Mm -hmm. it's actually, and like there are arguments where it's like, this is actually not super healthy, like the healthiest thing for bees to replace their honey with with a, a sugar substitute, which is true. But like that is, you know, it's like so when we do collect honey from bees, it's not completely without any cost to the bees. Mm-hmm. It just, right. you know, so, it's the cost of us getting honey. Right. And so, you know, it's like it is we do exploit. <laughs> we do literally exploit bees for their honey. But, you know, mm-hmm. it's like there's a lot of arguments about like, well, but if we keep if we keep breeding the bees and giving them homes and like trying to increase the population of bees, even though we take some of their honey, potentially like by introducing a bunch more bees to the environment uh, is not necessarily a bad thing for the balance. Like actually honeybees are not native to the U.S. Uh, There are a bunch of native species of bees uh, that are not honeybees that do not produce honey, but honeybees are actually an introduced species that are domesticated. They are they're technically invasive, but they end up not being too bad for the environment. Um, they are. It is arguable whether they're good for native species of bees. Like um, it's you know it's I think a lot of attention is paid to like bees. So, like honeybees suffering because everybody right. likes honeybees. And, and we know what they do. About, or we have right. an understanding of like, yeah, they make the honey and they pollinate the flowers. Right. We love Actually, them. Actually, but like Other a bees, lot of- we don't know what they're up to. Well, there's right. murder well, hornets on the loose, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Species. Yeah, that's pretty scary. But uh, yeah, we don't we don't want those in the U.S. because our native bees, both the honeybee, introduced honey, domesticated honeybees and our native bee populations do not know how to defend themselves from murder horn- hornets. Yeah, so that's the murdered. problem. But um, native bees do actually do a lot of good stuff for the environment. They're really good pollinators. They're actually often better pollinators than bees. Like each, so like each, um, 
uh, each their native bee species where like each individual native bee is much better at um, pollinating than an individual honeybee. But honeybees uh, have a leg up on a lot of native bee species because honeybees uh, have that hive structure, whereas a lot of native bees are actually not in hive structures. They're individual bees. They all each individually mate and breed. Um, and they can be, you know, social, like live in big sort of apartment clusters, but they're not eusocial like bees where they have a hive structure and there's like one mating queen and they all and work they, together. they still pollinate i gather from what you're saying do they yes. make honey or do only honeybees make honey only honeybees make honey i'm so that was a dumb question in retrospect but no, that's what, that's actually. fascinating to me because i no, always it's... thought like because uh recently and i'm sure it's still true we were panicking in the news about like bees are gone this is the end of the world the bees are all right. dying and uh, I had assumed, I always associate that in my mind with the friendly, fuzzy honeybee. Like, we need a lot of yeah. those. We need those everywhere. It sounds like we don't necessarily. We need the native bees that live in each area to repopulate. Is that closer to the we truth? We need both, I okay. think. I mean, honeybees are great. Uh, I, but, like, definitely we need native bees. Uh, they're they're really good, too, and important. And, of course, anytime you have, like, an introduced species to an area, you risk it upsetting the very delicate ecological balance. I think at this point, the honeybees have been in the U.S. long enough that I, I don't think it would be good for them to now not be in the population. I, I'm I'm not I'm not no expert in terms of the balance of honeybees per native bees in the U.S. But um, uh, there are other like there are other species of hive bees that produce honey other than the our uh honeybee that we we know about um there's actually a, a bee that that produces like this psychotropic honey i think in nepal it's really what? interesting yeah yeah and like people have to climb up and uh you, you have to climb up like this mountainside and like use this like smoke to subdue the bees and their stings really hurt like i think even more than than honeybees, mm -hmm. uh, but it like because the bees I think feed on some kind of fungus. Uh, oh God, I hope I'm right about this. I, I didn't write any notes about it, but I think the bees feed on a fungus that creates this, so that when they make this honey, it's actually this like red honey that has like this psychotropic property. It's just extremely difficult That's to collect. But yeah, so there are <laughs> there are other like there are multiple bee species that produce honey, but. Um, you know, there there are a lot of, I think most of the U.S.'s native species do not, I don't know of any like indigenous uh, species in North America that actually uh, produces honey, at least on the level that honeybees do. Mm -hmm. They they do sometimes, like they'll collect, like uh, even individual bees will collect pollen and nectar and create sort of these like sugary balls of food for their young, which is pretty cute. Uh, but anyways, back to B movie. <laughs> if we must. If we must. See, this is what I'm saying, though. Like, actual bees are so much more interesting. This is what makes me so angry when insect movies don't really pay attention to evolutionary biology. There are so many more interesting plot points that you could do just by following actual kind of bee behavior a little more closely. Because, mm -hmm. like... Again, the B-movie plot, you have these, like, three plots, right? Like, number one, B. Seinfeld doesn't want to be stuck with one boring job the rest of his life. Mm. 
Also, side plot to that plot is like he wants to be a pollen jock and it almost seems like it's setting it up to be like, oh, he's just sort of this like small scrawny bee and he can't be a pollen jock and that's unfair. But actually, like, there's nothing that seems to indicate he couldn't choose to have that job. Like that he couldn't sign up to be a pollen jock. In fact, when he go, like sneaks off and goes out with them, they're all extremely nice to him and welcoming. Like the extent to their bullying is like in the opening scene, one of them sees him pretend to be a pollen jock to impress the ladies. Mm. Again, weird because they would all be siblings. In <laughs> fact, none of the pollen jocks would be male. They'd all be female. They'd all be sisters and they wouldn't be hitting on each other because... Yuck. Anyways, so like, but they see him pretend to be a pollen jock. He's hitting on these, I guess, his cousins in the movie. It doesn't, whatever. And then like, instead of like being like, you're not a pollen jock and humiliating him, they're like, hey, you want to meet us like tomorrow at this time and like, you know, like, like go see what you're really made of. It, okay. Like, that's actually a nice thing to do. Right. And, yeah. And then he goes and joins them and they like, show him the ropes and they're really nice to him and then try to save him when he gets stuck to a tennis ball. So like <laughs> there's no conflict there. He could just join them and it seems like they'd be fine with that. Like he enjoys being a pol he enjoys doing this like like the pollen jocks collect the pollen and collect the nectar. Again, like I explained, dumb bad biology, but in the logic of the movie, he could have just done that. There's no conflict there. Yeah, it's so a worse version of the Futurama pilot. Incidentally, I just I have to shout this out. If if anyone out there is a big Futurama fan, every plot line in this is stolen from Futurama, including <laughs> the true. hyper chicken lawyer. Like every, it's I was just yeah. watching B movie, being like, this is these four episodes of Futurama put together. I don't know <laughs> what it means but it means mm. something, including the what episode <laughs> with the giant space bees, which was more accurate than this is, the even though they were space right. bees. They actually, yeah. because they have the psychotropic honey in that, actually mm -hmm. uh, not too inaccurate. That's yeah. true. Three spoonfuls to sleep forever or whatever. <laughs> God, that <laughs> was true. dark. It was. That show got dark. I that think B movie's dark. dark, especially I thought it was a crazy idea that the woman that the bee falls in love with is married when they meet. Is she? Yeah. I can't tell. To Patrick Orberton, or at least right? dating, dating Patrick Orberton. Dating, I yeah. think. Okay, so here's a question, it's, Katie. Do yeah. bees have genitals that are analogous to ours? How do they mate? Like, does something yeah, that bees... sticks out go into uh, something that sticks in? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, bees have a penis that explodes and then they die. <laughs> mm -hmm. Just like the stinger, so man. Just like us. They're big. No, on, no. They're big on like the one move and you're done. <laughs> Yeah, male bees do, do not male bees do not have stingers uh male oh. bees are called drones mm -hmm. they are not found there's like maybe a hundred male bees to like every like ten thousand female Whoa. bees uh it, i don't know if i got that proportion quite right but yeah it's like there's not that many male bees compared to female bees male bees like when you see bees out in the field, you know, like sipping on nectar, going around doing their bee business, those are all female bees. They're probably all sisters. And the male bees only function in life is to fuck and die. They fuck off mm -hmm. and die. Mm -hmm. um, hashtag feminism. But uh, <laughs> yeah, right. they uh, so, yeah, they 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 are born. They once they reach sexual maturity. They will go off into the world 
and go to a mating location. They will mate with a female queen, a virgin female queen, and they, or not always, sorry, you could cut that out. It's not always a virgin female queen. Um, <laughs> look, I don't want to, I don't want to like slut shame bees on this shows, yeah. but uh, <laughs> so they go But off. that bee's been around the bee block, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> She's no virgin queen. She's not wearing the white. The town bee bike. She's wearing black and yellow. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, so the males will go off. They will mate with uh, females far away from the colony, typically because if they accidentally mate with someone they're related to, it creates weird brood that the worker bees have to then cannibalize to get rid of all the weird mutant bees. Good so it's just name, like though. us. Weird it's brood. just like humans. Wow. Yeah, just like in Bee Movie. But like, you know, uh, your dick explodes, you eat your kids, human stuff. Right, right. <laughs> you, stuff. you eat your inbred kids. But yeah, so so the males will go, they will go to the, and they will meet midair. And basically what happens is the male's penis, in order to inseminate the female, their penis will literally explode and tear off their body. And in fact, if you like listen real closely, you can hear like a little popping sound. Amazing. After the bee's dick explodes, it falls to the ground and dies. Um, <laughs> so basically, best. if if in this movie, Bee Jerry Seinfeld wanted to mate with this human, he's got one shot and one then he's dead. What's the deal with our dicks exploding? <laughs> Why not make the whole bee out of the exploding dick? <laughs> uh, okay, that's incredible. I'm very yeah. pleased to know that. <laughs> I'm very pleased to know that as well. Uh, yeah, so <clears throat> something I wanted to talk about a little bit more is mm -hmm. also... Sure. Yeah. Forget what I was going to say. No, <laughs> no, sorry. Go on. <laughs> no, the, uh, a lot of, there's something very, it seems very simple, but I think it's very interesting that a lot of these bug movies, especially animated bug movies, because I, I don't think that there's live action bug movies really. Uh, <laughs> Microcosmos you know, like, is very good. Yeah, yeah. But the ones that do, uh, build like a microcosm out of like, a a, a human-like society mm. so ants a bug's life b movie they're usually bugs and insects typically we consider them autonomous you know like they're they're just yeah the story's usually about mindless. individuality yeah. versus communism which is why it's so funny that b movie right. sides with like rampant capitalism <laughs> like, right it's like the human methodology is correct mm -hmm. but let's just bring it to bees right. kind of like a manifest destiny of uh individualism which is interesting um but when you look at like ants and bugs life and we don't need to go in the specifics but if you can just if you just watch like the first 30 minutes you get of each of those films you get like basically the world that they're painting and the world that they're painting are almost always like you have one role, you do your role and you, you just, you do, you just do it and there's nothing else. Uh, and when someone says something like, but don't you wish if there was more, uh, they, they're usually scoffed at and seen as, you know, why would you, th why would you, it's not f screw you for thinking that it's why would you think about that? No one is thinking about this, which makes our protagonists like 
kind of bug artists, you know, like it's right. that trope where they are, th- they've seen something from a different perspective that no one else. The only individual in a society of conformists. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They, they all are seen as like this one unique person in the society of just like real shitty, <laughs> real shitty, like just workers, I guess. They're often all workers and they know the role. And in like, I guess a bug's life, uh, he's like kind of isn't in bug's life. He is a flick. You mean he literal right. inventor. He's a literal inventor, An which means that he does kind of perceive the world in a different way because right. he kind of like uses science. It's just, it's very interesting to me that, uh, Seinfeld would approach this movie with at the end of the movie, he becomes a lawyer to kind of bridge humans and animals together. Mm -hmm. Um, like he's just another part of the system. The system itself is about being more human. Like, right. A bug's life is not that a bug's life is how can we become ourselves? And I'm going to have to, kind of think outside the box in yeah. order for us to get there. That's such a different intention in the movie, Although, even though they yeah. both present the problem being here's a system of conformity that needs to kind of like quote unquote be stopped, which I'm fine to allow. Again, children's films do that a lot. Wally, one of my favorite movies uh, in the, in this genre is about that as well. Um, mm. But yeah, B movie choose or a B movie. Uh, well, in uh, a lot of life, ways, insects are like robots to us for storytelling purposes. To us yeah. for storytelling purposes. I just find that if you you have the same kind of starting place with these two movies, and it's interesting to me that Pixar went as opposite in the direction that a B movie went, and that was made in 1998. Yeah. This was made in 2007. I guess I'm glad we're moving into A Bug's Life because I love A Bug's yeah. Life, and I really want to know how accurate it is as far as ant stuff goes. Sure. But it is interesting that, or Abe just points out, Flick is an inventor, and that's true. By the end of A Bug's Life, they're all using his grain harvester machine made out of leaves and twigs. Uh, and I guess... That saddens me to realize because one of my gripes about B-movie is that it presents everything as realistic and yet inside the hive they use jetpacks and shit <laughs> and like they use pneumatic tubes right. to store the honey and the idea is first of all okay we we haven't even chanced upon what I think is the most egregious idea in B-movie which is that bees can speak English and just choose not to. Right. It just so happens that no human has overheard a bee speaking. That's insane. Right. Like it's a rule. Even in like none of the bees in like the prison bee colony, which again, please don't do that in the just as a flippant joke in a kid's movie. Like, but yeah, these like laborers in a prison bee colony, like don't talk to their captors and say like, Hey, yeah, we're actually completely sentient. We're fully human level human intelligence. Level intelligence yeah. So this is messed up. Please don't do this. <laughs> yeah, I would like to. So, so I feel like for these three movies. So, with B movie obviously is a stinking heap of crap, but mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. you can trace the problems with this movie beyond just like the inaccuracies. Because I, I feel like you know, inac like biological inaccuracy does not make a bad movie. Um, but the, the central plot, which I guess there are three like plots that are all terrible, but the morality of the movie is an Ouroboros. Anytime you have a movie where basically the end 
is like going back to the beginning, like things were fine at the beginning, except with minor tweaks. I would say there's never been a good movie that I can think of where at the end they're like, oh, actually all the morals that we, all the problems were not really, really real problems and could be solved with some minor bureaucratic tweaks. Like, That's that what's crazy a- about B-movie is that the happy ending is that the main character accepts the propaganda of his society. Right. Yeah, it's right, that he buys into he doesn't the system. Actually, he doesn't actually change anything. No, he accepts he, the system as it was at the beginning. The only thing he changes is that his, he's his also a lawyer. Yeah. Like, he gets to have <laughs> he two jobs. He gets it's to just have random. T- he's also a lawyer now. Right. Okay, and so, I yeah. guess shit is resolved. So this is like, <laughs> this is like real, like, capitalist, neoliberal fail propaganda. When you look at Ants and A Bug's Life, so Ants is, I kind of dislike that movie, but it is, when you actually look at the, the sort of plot of the movie, it is at least a linear plot. Like you it does start what you point, expect. Right, yeah, it, it does the story of, a, oh, everyone's a zombie. I want to be an right. individual. And you get there. And yeah. you go to point B. Point A is like, it's bad that we're in a police state where everyone's a conformist. And point B is mm-hmm. like, it's good to be individuals and think for yourselves, but also work together and also kidnap a woman and then she'll fall in love with you sure. because, of course, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. Woody Allen's in it. Hey, I've, disgusting. I've played video oh, yeah. games. <laughs> I know how romance works. Mm-hmm. Um, which, whatever, fine. I, but A Bug's Life does the correct thing, which is a actual arc to the plot. It starts at point A, it goes to point B, and then goes to point C. Because it's like, starts out where Flick is like, you know, we're... Um, you know, I'm trying to help by being an individual and the colony is like, no, this is, you can't do this because, and actually the the problem in this movie is not just that they're all conformists, it's that they are actually oppressed by a force, the grasshoppers who are oppressing them, mm-hmm. exploiting them for their labor and taking all their food. Sort of like a B movie, but doesn't suck because you have a problem and their solution to it is the ending of a B movie, which is just continue to allow your labor to be exploited because la- workers are lazy if they get to own the means of production and, right. and own the There's fruits a of their labor. Yeah. Um, Bugs Life actually is a perfect. Well, it's also loosely based on Seven Samurai or Magnificent Seven, which we should mention. But oh yeah, yeah. I yeah, made a note of or the structural note I made was like Act One is go out and get heroes. Act Two is retain the heroes keep them because they want to leave and act three is join the heroes and become a hero yourself and that's that's just beautiful it's very efficient and that's a great storytelling cycle that really works exactly and and it's so that's like and it's also nice because it's a layered plot so you have that layer right you you go out you have the circus troops which is I, i love this movie, even though there are some inaccuracies, mm-hmm. it has some great elements to it. The circus troupe of, of a variety of different insects is wonderful. The 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 stick bug, I love it. Of course, it's voiced by uh, yeah. frickin', not Fraser, but the uh, the guy Niles. Niles, his name. Um, uh, he's a stick, so stupid. You hit bugs myself. with him. And the stag <laughs> beetle myself, and the the black widow. Uh, it's it's just it's wonderful. I I love. The sort of like when you take a when you take a variety of animals and anthropomorphize them, I understand that the ladybug. Th- it's interesting because the ladybug thing, I think, for the time there was a subversiveness to it, where it is a feminine, um, 
a feminine ladybug who uh, yeah uh, the Dennis, this is dennis leary if you dennis haven't seen leary. it in a while and it's weird because you can tell that at the time it was meant as a pro like guys can be in touch with their feminine side move by today's standards it reads as transphobic and that yes. is interesting yeah yeah it Completely at the agree. time i think it was it was transgressive but obviously now i think when you look at it it's like kind of it, it it doesn't hit the right tone but i do think it, it is it was clumsily making this point of like i mean i don't know it, it was like oh you can't somehow these bugs assumed like like he was a woman because he's a ladybug and that causes this this friction and this these problems and i i think it's it's interesting because had this these concepts if these like with animals because gender is so interesting and like not human like with mm -hmm. animals or i should say sex uh because gender is really a human construct but sex with animals is very very interesting very fluid very cool uh and exploring that in a movie where you have non-human animals i think is really interesting i don't you know like obviously i think to today's standards like a bug's life that whole element doesn't really hold up uh it doesn't read right but at least you know it's like it's at least an interesting thing to to uh like if in the like again instead of just like having cr making bug society be a patriarchy where all the workers are male and it's just like you know just mimicking human society why not go with some of the interesting things about about these animals in nature and use that as constraints mm. for your plot and then maybe you'll actually have an interesting plot oh and so, your queens are phyllis diller and julia louis dreyfus oh, mm, amazing top tier <laughs> i mean in terms and then like so you have that subplot of them going out finding the heroes retaining the heroes and then joining the heroes you also have the plot of flick doesn't fit in because he thinks differently then it turns out like he he goes away he comes back with the heroes but then it turns out he's not the only one in the colony that thinks differently and he's encouraging mm -hmm. all of the ants in the colony to express their creativity from dot to um oh shoot uh what's what's her name ada is the the, yeah. the princess mm -hmm. um and then yeah. you have the the thespians and it turns out they actually all have a lot of creativity so it's so what i like about this movie is flick is not Flick is actually not the only ant that thinks for himself. He's just the impetus for the other ants to also think in terms of their own kind of creativity and thoughts and ideas. Like, like there's a scene where Ada actually, you know, rescues Flicks and and like, and she's she's not just a passive like all the other ants aren't just passive actors, uh, numbly accepting this idea. Like, we're like that joke in the Holy Grail. Like, we're all individuals because that's kind of. An oxymoron. I thought we were an autonomous collective. <laughs> that's that's sort of an oxymoron in, the, in these other movies where it's like, like a B movie or ants where it's like, oh, we're, we can't think for ourselves. And then it's like, yes, you can. And they're like, okay, we'll now follow you, Messiah ant um, right. or Messiah bee. Well, um, in a Bug's Life, Wild Flick is sort of the the main innovator. Like it, there are the, the other ants, like the whole. You know this group of um, the the little the little ant girl scouts all create this uh, flying flying bird. I think it was Flick's idea, but they're mm -hmm. they're you, yeah. them being a part of they it. They all is, support him. 
Yeah. Yeah. And so they built it together is the key. The entire colony plus the troop built it together using their own specific utilities. Like the big bug is like got stuff on his back, but like he's he also flies, you know, like there's they they all have something to bring to the table. Yeah. Which is kind of I guess that's my main thing about what the difference between these movies are is that whereas in other bug movies uh, like B movie, um, the oppression seems to come out of the backward society of like the natural quote unquote order of bugs, which is something that would make sense, of course, to Jerry Seinfeld, who is just like, you know, going to campuses and saying like, oh, empathy is bullshit. Uh <laughs> Every What's in this the movie, with the thing in Bugs movie, the thing is that Kevin Spacey, who plays Hopper, who's the leader of the Grasshopper, game, and yeah, Richard has, Kind, equally terrifying, <laughs> has essentially forced through like the concept that might equals right, has forced all of the colony on Ant Island, Ant Island, to believe that the natural order of things is that they serve grasshoppers. It is inverting. So it's and, a, hey, I got a bastardization of what naturally be on uh, uh, what naturally ants ought to be. Whereas when you go to bee movie, it's about why bees are flawed. Right. But and and that's like, may nah. I point out that uh, ant uh, bugs life is based on it's heavily inferred the myth of the ant and the grasshopper, the ants yeah. save up while mm-hmm. the grasshoppers are yeah. lazy and steal. So it, it's literally the opposite of bee movie, which is based on the idea that bees can't fly, which is not true. <laughs> no it's, one's ever heard. But Ant and the not, Grasshopper is a classic old tale. Yeah. That totally it's makes also, sense. It, yeah, it's an interesting sort of uh, reimagining of the ant and the grasshopper. Um, and then like the, the other thing is, again, like at the end of the movie, they the conclusion is not not just that it's not oh individual individuality is better than collectivism it's actually that you know individuality is important for collectivism mm-hmm. thinking thinking for yourself and valuing each individual is actually important when we collectively rise up against our oppressors the grasshoppers who demand that the ants give them food because like i think at the beginning of the film like you know the ants make get the food we take the food um and that's that's the natural order of things and it's it's kind of interesting in that a lot of these like bug and animal movies like end up being weird capitalist propaganda where it's like oh you know you don't want like communism is bad because you have bees and bees are communists or something stupid like that right then like i think uh sorry but just It's also notable, I think, that B-Movie is a vehicle for Jerry Seinfeld and Ants is a vehicle for Woody Allen. And Bugs Life is not a vehicle for Dave Foley. It's a It's movie. not? <laughs> like, it's he is not the draw. Bo- but you know what yeah. I mean. It Julia Louis-Dreyfus it's the, it's the, is probably the biggest draw. That. But it's yeah. the story above everything. The story is not above the star, whereas yes. I think in the other two, the star is above the story. Yeah, which is weirdly kind of ties into the whole the ethos of the other movies, which is that the genius innovator, the B. Bezos, rises mm-hmm. above all because he's just so smart and so much better than all these other conformists. And he will save B. Society, whereas in A Bug's Life, 
it's that innovators are good, but they need the help of the other colony. And once the other, co once the whole colony actually, you know, re comes to this realization, not they don't actually come to the re realization that Flick is good just because he's so smart and clever and convinces them. They start to be on his side when the um, when the hero group, the circus bugs, save uh, save the little princess Dot. So they mm. have these really good values, right? They care about each other. They care about each other's lives. They're not, the reason they dislike Flick isn't just because like, oh, he's different and we don't like that. It's because he, his actions actually did endanger Cause the whole problems. colony. Yeah. Right? His right. invention went haywire, made all of their food stores go away and meant that the grasshoppers were going to hurt them. So they were scared, not because they're scared of something new, but because they actually had a reason to be scared. And that's why it makes it more powerful when they go through mm -hmm. this whole experience and learning that <clears throat> actually... It's not that Flick is just like the smartest, best individual of the ant colony. It's that when we mix, you know, his ingenuity and this idea of change and different, you know, like doing something different from the status quo with all of us working together and caring about each other, that's how they defeat the grasshoppers. Like they see, they see, actually at the end, they see Flick getting beaten up and mm. they get enraged and they, they're like, they don't want that to happen to him. And as he's like, you know, pointing out that like, hey, actually the grasshoppers are afraid of the workers, which is really funny because this is like, you know, it's, it's this it's is like bullshit. a very anti-capitalist. <laughs> uh, yeah, Bugs Life is a pro-communism, and it's like not the even not even not communism, even just like but communism, collectivism, right? Like yeah. whatever the you idea wanna... that the diversity of our voices actually lends strength to the collective. Yeah, right, exactly. So, like when at the end, it's that all the ants together uh, actually can work. Like when they when they stay together, they can actually help each other and they can overcome their oppressor and you know i think also like in the sort of the coda at the end where they're all happy and you know the, and like they're using flicks inventions again it's like they like the flicks inventions actually work this time because it turns out he actually needed he needed the colony uh, to be able to like produce these and test then also and perfect the thing, yeah. test and perfect them. And also they use them for different things. They use them for like doing these like fireworks. Right. So they look at right. his failure, right? Like they, they, this failure of like he, his device actually exploded their food and they're like, okay, but we can actually use this for something fun. And it kind of shows this thing of like at the end, when you, when their labor is returned to them, unlike a B movie, where it makes them lazy, it makes their society better. So they get the right. fruits of their labor. They have time for art. They have time to create art and to create festivals and they and mm -hmm. innovate things that are beautiful. And I think that's a really lovely message at the end of A Bug's Life. Definitely. And the fact that the arcs are split, like you mentioned, like a B's, B movie is only Jerry Seinfeld's arc. It's like, what's going to happen to him? And it trickles down. Everything that happens to him affects his society this way. Whereas in A Bug's Life, Flick gains acceptance of his group. Ada okay. learns to lead the group. Dot learns to fly. 
ev- like everyone has their own shit going on, and then together they all contribute to a collective narrative as well. Right. Pixar's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where it's like it's not like it, it's this idea of like individuals are important because their lives are important, but it doesn't mean that you don't work together because because. It's like the reason that everyone ends up working together in that movie is because they care about the individual. Like they work together to save the queen. Like they care about the queen. But then, because because you could dismiss that as, oh, of course they care about the queen because she's the queen. They also work together when Flick is in danger. So it's like this idea of like, okay, yeah, they're actually banding together. They see the value of the individual and they work together to you know, make the life, you know, save the lives of the individuals and to make all of their lives better. And I I think that's really nice because I think when people, the sort of point, the inverse point of these other crappy bug movies is like collectivism is bad because it forgets the individual. And then in A Bug's Life, it's like, you know, communities working together is good because it, they embrace the individual. They embrace the individual, and it, it, they they care about the individual, and that's and when you are not and when you work together to overcome an overcome an oppressor, your your anger is actually like it's established like at the beginning, like their mm-hmm. conflict and their anger at Flick is misguided. You know, it's misguided aggression because like their problem really isn't Flick, although he does kind of fuck it up at the beginning and does a real oopsie goofer with the food but their their Mm -hmm. real problem isn't like this one oopsie goofer their real problem is with the oppressor and when they learn to stop uh sort of this that's another interesting lesson where it's like you know when the oppressor turns the oppressed against each other and they work against each other but then once they learn hey actually we're all oppressed by the same forces and we all work together uh and then we can overcome it and then of course um the other plots in the movie are good. Like the love story between Flick and Ada is, you know, heartwarming because it's not based on Flick kidnapping her and her getting Stockholm <laughs> syndrome like an ants. And it's not yeah. this bizarre, just like B wants the to fuck a species. Yeah. Right. Which, oh, I did want to mention, I teased this earlier, but the most accurate part of a bee movie is the fact that that the bee wants to fuck a human because bees can be really dumb when it comes to mating and if they see anything vaguely bee-shaped they will try to try to uh, have sex with it like with orchids there are orchids that mm-hmm. have evolved to they exploit look like this bees. Yeah. yeah they look vaguely bee-shaped and the bees are too dumb to realize that this is uh, an orchid not another bee so then they try to mate with the orchid and it pollinates the orchid and the bees <laughs> Just get a, just imagining a bee going these. to town and an orchid thinking, you sucker, I totally yeah, got you. Get it. <laughs> yeah, and just really smug horny, about it. Horny these horny bee idiots, I totally got you. Yeah. <laughs> also, the yeah. more I think about the spider character's human-like hands, the creepier it gets. That's the one thing I don't like in about a bee Bugs mo- Life. Or, sorry, in a Bug's Life. In a Bug's, a bug's life. life. The Black Widow yeah. has... The Black Widow's front two legs at the end have three-fingered hands. I, I don't mean, like that. I don't want that to be spiders true. don't have fingers. They do have like little sort of um, pincer. Yeah, they Ooh. they have like like uh, little uh, extrusions on their legs. I don't like that. I don't want to <laughs> know about that. <laughs> you just don't like spiders, man. 
Yeah, I'm yeah. not a spider fan. I think what's the Charlotte's Web? Probably the only empathetic spider character I can think oh. of. In what about jumping spiders? Are likable? You think they're cute and likable? Okay. Yes. Fine. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna yeah, Katie and I you... agree on yes. the cute. We we both seem to think things are cute that aren't that are the rest of yeah. people. Yeah, I think like cockroaches are cute. I disagree <laughs> on that. Insane. Yeah, that's not, that's like you're just trying to piss me off. I There's like no. no they're like running up walls and shit. They're disgusting. I pick up a lot of animals by like hand. I I'm not upset about spiders there are very few insects that i dislike but i do dislike cockroaches they give you that gut feeling of like Ooh. disgust yeah 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 like i, I it's they're funny greasy because, looking like, too because like i've <laughs> i've found i've literally found like uh scorpions and gone like mm. uh well now i've got to try to relocate the scorpion or like you know I'll find like a, a a venomous spider or something and then i'll be bummed that i have to kill it like this poor um, spider yeah. Right, right. Like, like I, I get upset. Like, I found a wasp in our apartment, and I had to uh, kill it because I couldn't. It was in an awkward position where I couldn't like get a glass over it and release mm -hmm. it. I felt really sad. Like, I felt super bummed. I don't like I killing insects. Cockroaches, like when I find them, like I get, like I like kind of do the girly kind of like, ah! and like just, just don't. It's, ugh, I hate it. You kill it and you feel nothing. Well, I don't like to kill them because not because I feel empathetic towards them, which I don't, but because it's disgusting. Like I hate the they're mess full they of leave behind. pus. Yeah, that's actually terrible. fat. Yeah, that white stuff is like it's fat. like animal fat. That's their fatty well, it's tissue. Insect, yeah, it's like insect fatty fat, fluids. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I <laughs> once found a giant cockroach in an old apartment, and like I got a glass jar and just like got it inside the glass jar and threw the whole glass jar in the dumpster because I couldn't Shh. deal with it. I didn't, I like, once I got in the glass jar, I was like, well, I'm never opening this again. And so just yeah. threw it the away. most, the most hellish thing I've ever seen, I think. And I would stare at it in fascination for minutes at a time was there was an apartment where Jen and I lived that had a terrible fly problem. And we ended up putting up one of those, you know, the bags that you hang and they hmm. smell literally like shit. They smell like feces and it attracts <laughs> flies and they fly in and they can't get out. Right. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. there were so many flies there that the bag filled up with flies and fly corpses to the point that it created an ecosystem. So there were like flies fucking in the bag of fly corpses and then they would give birth to maggots and no. the maggots would eat all the dead flies and oh, like live God. full cycles in this bag and i would oh, just yeah. stare at it and imagine like that's Why hell didn't you get that is what life finds that's away, what baby. hell is if i die and go to hell it will be this it'll be Set being it on in a big fire. bag god <laughs> no terrible that's oh, where we God. came from that's 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 it connects us to the universe. That all life is just goose. Aviation flies shouldn't be able to fuck in a giant corpse pile. In a bag, but they can. Isn't that inspiring? Ugh, honey, it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Abe, for saving the podcast as you always do. Yeah. Don't you think I look fly? Seinfeld fly says Seinfeld as he fucks fly. a dead corpse of another fly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he's eyeballing the corpse of a human. That's how you know. Yeah. Uh, well, it's an 18 year old. That's actually uh, <laughs> somewhat accurate, isn't it? Flies yeah. do love yeah. dead bodies. <laughs>
Speaking of accurate bees, I promised myself I wouldn't go this whole podcast without mentioning. Katie, have you ever read the comic book Clan Apis? No. It's a very realistic comic, like graphic novel from the point of view of a bee done by an entomologist. That's super dope. Oh. Yeah. Sounds really interesting. I I recommend it. it Clan Apis. I'm hoping that the bees are female. (laughs) Yeah, they're all female. I think it's accurate. I think it's pretty accurate. Hey, Toy Story's trending on Twitter right now. What? Yeah, it's 25 years old. Speaking of Pixar. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is mm-hmm. nice. I'm looking up pictures of Clan Apis, and there's like one of a bee on top of a, a ball of dung that a dung beetle is rolling. So I think I would like this. I think you would. It's pretty sweet. I, I definitely wild away some lunches in high school learning about bees from it. Yeah, that is that is really cool. I do like another thing I think that another sort of trope about bees is that like it sucks to be the worker bee and it's good to be the queen bee kind right. of thing. Whereas mm-hmm. like when you actually look at the, the hive structure, it, it the queen bee has to be constantly giving birth. <laughs> so that <laughs> seems... Which is not, yeah, yeah not my ideal career. Doesn't mm-hmm. seem ideal. I mean like, and the whole reason all of these sister bees work together is this complex math of their relatedness to the each other and the offspring of the queen versus like their own offspring and it's it's actually it's like one of those things where it's like oh man it's like they're you know they're in this basically unfair society and it's like no it's not it's not like unfair it's just that's how they survive as a species and their quality of life such that a bee can experience like a worker bee i don't think has a worse life than the queens or even the males that just like, right. you know, sure, they don't have to work, but then they go have sex once and then explode. Their dicks fall off. Like they're all working <laughs> hard. <laughs> Basically, they're all right. contributing. <laughs> um, but think, yeah. Yeah. One thing we can all agree is life is suffering. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Definitely be life. Yeah. I don't know. It's is one of those any, circle uh, of life things. I thought it was interesting even though the bug's life a bug's life we have identified as the clear favorite of the bug movies it's still interesting to me that the resolution is well birds are even bigger than them and scarier so like in the end ultimately the resolution is our problems exist on an even even grander scale that f- threatens the oppressors above us so like our resolution our salvation is that there's always a bigger oppressor out there which is hmm. kind of a hollow victory <laughs> it's kind of a grim assessment of like well at least there's bigger things that will kill the things that kill us yeah no that is interesting right like it is that is a little bit of a deus ex machina or deus ex deus ex avia yeah (laughs) but it's more cloud atlas than anything i I did i just watched that let's talk about cloud atlas for three hours (laughs) real quick quick. i did find it a little bit disconcerting that the birds in a bug's life were like didn't seem sentient and like that sends me off on a on a whole like tunnel oh, of like Oh that's a like, crazy like why are they not anthropomorphic? What does right. that mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's well, weird. It could be like my I guess my theory is that the bird it's not that the like so insects are able to have human levels of thought. Birds have to because birds are much smarter than insects. Yeah. They've actually it's gotta be 
I mean, if we're going accurately, then that would mean birds are just like like an alien intelligence that that is just so incredibly birds are like a beautiful mind seeing calculus go by their head yeah right (laughs) see that's the that's my uh my my preferred approach to pixar films and the like is that there's like subsections there aren't languages as much as subsections of like intelligence that kind of understand each other that understand the world in the same way. So it's not that the birds aren't intelligent. They just like birds, like, I don't know, maybe they can talk to cats or something. Operate at a different plane. But it's just like, we're operating on different frequencies in terms of like, even if we can understand, it's just one of those suspension of disbelief things. You're going to have to draw a line at some point. Like a bug's Otherwise you get into the B movie problem, which is just suddenly a B talks and everyone's like, what the fuck? it's like it's B law not to talk to humans, and it's never explained why. It's just it's I, that like, bothered me so much. Is like yeah. for what reason? Yeah, well, that's no, the problem. <laughs> that's the problem when you like create a story that where it's just like, and then we want them to try to fuck. Uh, you know, um, oh, what's who was the the actress who did the voice of Renee the Zellweger? I, was it? It was Zellweger. Yeah, it was Renee okay. Zellweger. Oh yeah, she sounded a little drunk throughout the whole movie, which bless her like you know whatever you gotta do to get through it yeah (laughs) (laughs) like she's like okay and what role am i playing oh a human that fucks a beat Mm -hmm. all right well Mm -hmm. i'm just gonna get uh pour some wine right now pour some wine you know put on my pj pants (laughs) we'll get Uh, this thing we'll get this wish i was in a bug's life (laughs) get it in one take yeah i mean no, I, I dig that where it's like basically just uh, you don't have to. I, I don't like it when they like they spent so long in a bee movie just like, oh, the bee is talking to the human and the human is like, oh, my God. Like, you don't. I, I like it when movies don't have to like go through these like explainer things of like, all right, here's how our dumb cobbled together universe works. Now we're going to joke about how stupid it is. Mm-hmm. It's like you made it. You made your your Stop universe this stupid, and now you're gonna joke about how dumb it is. Right, right. Frankly, even Toy Story One suffers a little bit from that. Like, if you even as a kid or a yeah. younger person seeing Toy Story One, I thought to myself, that doesn't work. When they explained, like, well, the toys all just fall over when a human comes in, and I'm like, that wouldn't work. People all over the world would notice that their toys moved around magically when they were out of the room. There's no, mm. anyway. <laughs> I think it, it's uh, over time we got acclimated to the trope, and then likewise, writers and you know producers of these films push the trope further because some so push the so trope got further and also yeah. don't learn not to ask those questions because they also have problems with it. You know, it's like it's not like it's just like someone comes up with an idea and then everyone's just like, yep, that's the idea. It's like, Oh yeah, that's true. That doesn't really make sense. Do they we kind of just, are we fine with it? Are we fine? It's movies? Yeah. 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 We're fine with it. And other times they're like, nah, we should think of something better. They could um, do the old, the yeah. old exorcist sort of logic where the children have to, they have to have imaginations in order for the toys to actually be alive. So if the toys, right. mm actually were showed the children they were alive the children would stop imagining and then that would actually kill the toys sort of like mm-hmm. where the demon satan challenges the priest to throw the cross away 
And when That's the priest right. doesn't, it shows that the priest doesn't actually have faith in the cross and then that the demon can eat him or I forgot what actually happened. Like, <laughs> That's right. The toys, the toys are like the devil and Buzz mm-hmm. Lightyear mm-hmm. sucks cocks in hell. That's, you got, that's Toy Story <laughs> yeah. in a nutshell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, Happy I think 25th. it works. <laughs> I have a question. So the, I was pleased as we aforementioned that the ant colony in Bugs Life is just dirt like it's just caves of dirt which at Mm -hmm. least is a little more realistic than the hive in a b movie which is filled with pneumatic tubes but by the same token i was wondering wouldn't a real ant colony be full of corpses like in a bug's life shouldn't they be crawling all over dead ants the whole time actually some of the ants jobs are to clear corpses out of the colony so no No, oh they they don't let the corpses just fall where they lay no, no, they they will clean corpses out of the colony, yeah. Oh, I always thought that ant colonies, like the walls were made up of the dead, just fall where they no, fall. No, that's sort of more of a catacomb, sort of like a French catacomb kind of situation where you just like build the ants into the Exactly, the that's what I thought <laughs> yeah, ants did, because I was like, what would they, that's amazing to me that they actually have the wherewithal to be like, no, yeah. we don't want these corpses here, let's no, move yeah, them. Yes, they're very fastidious. I mean, like, you know, it keeps keeps it keeps it clean, you know, keeps any, uh, I would assume, like any sort of ant disease that may have gotten right. those ants like from mm-hmm. spreading, uh, you know, it's, Absolutely it's right. yeah, and they have like, they're actually quite organized. They have different chambers that uh, like some chambers that will hold like their the like nurseries, they'll have food storage mm-hmm. areas, mm-hmm. they have uh, like these long passageways called galleys where they walk around in mm. and hallways. And yeah, it's actually quite organized and quite clean. And do they cannibalize dead ants or no? Um, I think it kind of depends. Like they will, I think sometimes... Depends cannib- if they have food problems. Um, I'm not sure. I know that like they will, like they will consume... Uh, They'll basically consume excess protein when they can. I don't know that they actually eat uh, dead ants ants all that much just because I don't know that they have that much left in them. Like they probably already have like all of the actual useful juices probably no longer exist. They probably do. I'm just guessing like if a larva dies, they probably would cannibalize yeah. that because that's a lot of nice and protein yeah that's a lot of nice juicy protein uh but yeah mm-hmm. they they'll they basically like you know it's similar like with i would assume with bees which i know a little more about where like when there's problems with a hive like when there's some kind of like weird defects or something they will consume that that um excess protein by by cannibalizing and, and using it so all right yeah. answer even less creepy than i thought right yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have a question. A bug also question? About a bug's life. Yes, yeah, you in the bug. back. I, I kind of, I, you know, I kind of fancy myself a, a bug guy. Oh, here uh, he goes. A bug boy this ants. guy. I'm a bug in a in an ants, and one of my favorite uh, facts about uh, ants is like the North uh, American ant is was kind of pushed out uh, by the Argentinian ant. Yeah. And the only real difference between the two species is the ratio of like queen to rest of the colony like it's like one to a thousand so there's just more queens Mm -hmm. uh in one you know 
And the Argentinian. species in the end and that makes them easier to like if they get half of their colony gets uprooted or something yeah. they can still exist whereas if you kill like if it's a, like one to a million and you get the queen they have complete uh colony degradation i have found hot tips out of control the same is true of chess if you play with four queens you do much better <laughs> you do much better uh well, so can. my question gotta is get those that pawns over there sneak <laughs> them over in a bug's life you have not one but three generations of queen and i thought that was interesting yeah. because you have you have dot and you have um, Ada and you have Phyllis yeah, Ada. yeah yeah exactly so you had like you already see the kind of princess Lineage. to queen in this, uh, you know, metaphor. Does that ever happen? Is they do they like bunch up queens and do like queens sometimes never become queens? Does that make sense? Does my question do make the sense? queens like, train each other? Do the queens <laughs> compete with each like, other, or is it a smooth system where it's like there's well, one so queen and then it transitions? I to thought the next it was queen. like when a queen is dying, they will have a queen kind of idea yeah so so do you when know you, yeah so it is actually hereditary so you will have um ba- i mean all the ants are sisters so all the worker ants are sisters mm-hmm. and the queen is constantly pumping out more sisters and a few useless brothers who will just basically fly off and mate at one point in their life but like uh the <laughs> useless brothers but um but they <laughs> the dicks feed explode whatever fuck stupid them. ass fuck those guys but, Man. <laughs> but they'll feed, based on what they feed like the the kind of i think basically like what they feed the the developing larva um some will develop into queens and those queens are basically like um you know also uh also sisters uh to like when there's a new queen it's just basically a sister who is you know happens to be able to mate um and so Hmm. that new queen will either disperse or stay in the colony for a while um so i'm trying to remember when the situations when like are there ever uh, two queens that vie for the control of the hive? Is there ever an, a conflict, or does it not work like that? Like, yeah, I mean, I'm not. I'm actually not, not sure. sure. I know in like, um, I know in like, uh, use social mammals that can happen. Like in meerkats, uh, there can actually be these like pow- Like in any system, like animal system where there's like a. <laughs> When there's like a female, uh, a dominant female or even a dominant male and like one breeding male or female in a group, like they're always like trying to vie for power. And the difference with bees and and ants is that they are, because they're so related, it's unusual that they would need to compete. Mm -hmm. In terms of, I think that like when, I think that ants do (coughs) generally like, disperse and stuff that I, I think like a new queen can take over an old like an old queen's ant colony um hmm. but i don't know if that would be the queen's daughter or just like a new queen basically yeah, yeah. i find this fascinating as i do your podcast because you. that's what your podcast talks about um, that's right we almost this is kind of a hybrid creature feature slash frame rate which we is just very she fitting. came to us with this idea and we were just like, we were we just gotta, like that sounds keen this sounds great yeah 
Gee willikers. But for more great animal facts that I assume Katie is not Googling live as she records the podcast, you got to check out Creature (laughs) Feature Pod. (laughs) Yeah, it's fantastic. I might just do a whole episode on... Uh, fact-checking B-movie. That would be so delightful. Egregious. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love that. I had a I had a blast when I was on just recently. We talked about crabs. We did. It was great. Yeah. We had Creature Richard on Feature? as well. Oh. Yes, we did. Michael, yeah. I've invited you before. Well, Haven't I? get me in there. Well, come on, get in there. <laughs> Unless Plug I've glossed there. over it, I don't think I've done Creature Feature. Yeah, I don't think mm. you have done it yet. But, but in spirit, you've always been there. In spirit, my doors, I leave a seat open for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's a, Ju- well, it's a Jewish you. thing. It's a B-ish thing. Have you covered <laughs> dogs yet? <laughs> I mean, there's dogs? always more stuff to talk about with dogs. So why don't I do... Next time I do a dogs episode, I'm going to have you on. No, have me on for... I didn't get to choose Birds. mine. You don't get to okay, choose all right, yours. She it's just I don't know the I'll system. It's Katie's show. <laughs> but see, I'm the ant who's trying to prove that individuality oh, beats right. uh, conformity. Is, I'm not going to follow what her is format. Happening? It's getting too we're meta. Trying the to ants plug, are getting meta. What's happening is this we're is trying to plug ends. your podcast, but it's not going great. <laughs> trying to corral Michael is just like... We do think know, people should exhausting. hear it. If you want to hear a podcast where I talk about animals and how cool they are and how they're similar to humans and sometimes dissimilar to humans, check it out. I also talk about a lot of fun, gross stuff like poop and weird mating. And I'll have Michael on for like either an episode about dogs or poop. Poop would be good. Yeah, poop's also (laughs) fine. I just off the top of my head. Just poop. (laughs) Why not? Love it. 45 love it. minutes. Thank you of for me stopping by, now. Katie. It was a true this was pleasure. A blast. <laughs> I love this. I was I didn't talk that much because I was just like, this is fascinating. We got we got it in the game. Yeah, cage. I love we <laughs> snuck bug stuff into our movie podcast. I love bug Yellow stuff. Yellow gems. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to thank everyone who's listening for listening. And uh, I guess that's that's a sode. It is indeed. Sh- yeah. Can I get a you like jazz on three? From all of us. Sure. One, two, three. You like, you like jazz? <laughs> this has been a small beans endeavor. We're a bunch of pals who make podcasts, sketches, music, web series, and movies. The beans always have new ideas percolating, so make sure to check us out at patreon.com slash small beans. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash small beans where you can browse all of our current and past content, see what we've got planned in the future, and learn how your support can help the small beans grow into huge, giant monster beans. If you enjoyed this content module, please like, rate, subscribe, or tell a friend about us. We love you!